Who was the Apostle Paul? Well, we know he led an interesting life, traveled a great deal, got in all kinds of conflicts and difficulties, and a great many people came to faith because of his work and his testimony and his teaching. What we have today are letters he sent to some 15 churches, 11 of which he founded. And there were times he probably felt very close to God and other times that he probably felt quite frustrated and distant from God. After all, Paul was human. And things got tougher the longer he lived. The last years of his life we know that he spent in prison. And he was probably greatly frustrated by that. In his body he carried ailments and diseases and injuries, some from beatings that he had sustained over the course of his ministry, diseases that he picked up living the hard life, doing manual labor, moving a lot from town to town. He disregarded his own status as a Roman citizen and as a Pharisee in order to gain access to the people at the very bottom of the rubbish heap. And it was on the shoulders of this group of people, ex-slaves, foreigners, artisans, handworkers, it was on their shoulders that he built his churches. I go to Paul a lot because he was a missionary and he was a church leader. And he was committed to the kind of leadership that starts at the bottom, building disciples up from the bottom and helping them become disciplers of disciples. One thing Paul understood about his own life was the miracle, the sheer act of God that had brought him to believe in Jesus as the Messiah, the Son of God. We know that Paul, before he came to faith, was not just a devout Jew. In his own words, he was circumcised on the eighth day of the people of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of Hebrews, in regard to the law of Pharisee as for zeal, persecuting the church as for righteousness based on the law, faultless. Paul was a faultless Pharisee when it came to the law. We sometimes have this notion that Jesus came to replace the law because it was onerous, because it was difficult, because it was too hard to follow. And that is not at all what Paul is saying. Paul says actually quite the contrary. I followed the law and followed it to the letter, and no one surpassed me in my ability to do that. I was faultless in the law. He says, and if righteousness came to the law, then I would have been righteous too, except Paul adds that that's not what happened. In his pursuit of righteousness, he tried to make himself the enemy of Jesus Christ and all of his followers, and so he tried to make himself the enemy of God. He tried, but he did not succeed. Why? Because God would not let him become his enemy. God would not let him. He would not have it. 
In Romans 5.10, Paul says this, For if while we were God's enemies, we were reconciled to him through the death of his Son, how much more, having been reconciled, shall we be saved through his life? And again, in Colossians 1.21, Once you were alienated from God and were enemies in your minds because of your evil behavior, but now he has reconciled you by Christ's physical body through death to present you holy in his sight. And if you still don't believe me, there's Romans 5, 6. You see, at just the right time when we were still powerless, Christ died for the ungodly. Very rarely will anyone die for a righteous person. Though for a good person, someone might possibly dare to die. But God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Paul goes on and on and on about this point because he knows it is absolutely vital. This is the turning point. This is the hinge around which the entire cosmos turns. All of creation hinges on this truth. That there is a place at the table for all of us and all of them. And no matter how many personalized invitations God sends out, it is never too many and it is never too much trouble. And there are some of you listening today who may feel like God would never go that far for you. Well, let me tell you something. He went all the way down the Damascus Road for Paul. And that is why Paul says, For this reason, I kneel before the Father from whom every family in heaven and on earth derives its name. I pray that out of his glorious riches he may strengthen you with power through his Spirit in your inner being, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have power, together with all the Lord's holy people, to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Jesus Christ, and to know this love that surpasses knowledge. That you, yes you, may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. Jesus went all the way down the Damascus Road for Paul, and he went all the way to the cross for you. This family you and me, we are to be rooted and established in love, for that is the power of God's fullness. And the amazing thing about this power is that no one, no one is beyond its reach. Paul understood. He knew about prison. He knew all about the shackles 
that hold us down, that hold us back. And he knew that for the people he was writing letters to, not all of them were in prison, but many, a great many, were in captivity of some kind, an imprisonment of some kind, holding on to shackles of some kind. He knew it was such a strong image. It put into relief the power of the freedom in Jesus Christ that Paul experienced in his soul, even if his hands, his arms, his legs were bound. And this is the love of Jesus Christ, the love that surpasses knowledge. It is the power of knowing that you may be filled to the brim with all the fullness of God. Sometimes it takes a visible reminder that this is true for us and for people out there. Friends, the power of the cross is real. It is a demonstration of how the fullness of God can take something utterly shameful, utterly humiliating, and transform it into the message of hope that can be heard like a, like a rifle shot clear around the world. The cross. Paul knew that story. And he told that story. It was meant to erase a chapter, but instead it became the story. It was meant to hold up convicts, but instead it raised up a king. It was meant to shut our mouths, but instead it's why we sing. It was meant to be a judgment, but instead it became our mercy. It's why the song of heaven is the lamb. The lamb is worthy. It was meant to kill an enemy, crush dissenters and division, but instead it became the banner of God's love for every person. It was meant to be appalling, nailing hands and feet to wood. It was meant to be used for evil, but instead, it was used for good. It was meant to be a symbol of God's assassination, but instead it became the symbol of Jesus' invitation. This invitation, it still stands for you, for me, for the people right out there. What Paul knew is that he could not tell the story all on his own. He did not own it completely unto himself. It's a story that needs to be told countless times, again and again and again, in the rubbish heaps of this world, in whatever prison you may find yourself in, however you may find yourself bound, whatever the name of your captivity is. Whatever it is that keeps you from the freedom of God's love in Jesus Christ. Like Jesus, Paul found himself at the end of his life poor, without a family, without a church of his own, or a pension plan, or a future. In the end, he was executed as a common criminal much like the Savior that he knew and loved and worshipped. And he doesn't expect us to share in all of that. But he does expect us to accept his story.
the story of Jesus Christ, the story of the cross and the story of God's love for the whole world. And I don't know, but maybe if Paul were here today, he'd want to know, do you believe the story? Do you believe it enough to accept it as your own? And are you willing to tell the story today? Amen.